Absolutely. All right. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Kyle Carlson of USA BMX Freestyle here. Uh, first of all, I've been wanting to tell you for months now how good you look lately. <laughs> yes, exactly. Handsomest man in the game. Handsomest man <laughs> in the game. Don't don't look into this. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Whenever you, I follow like everything you did at Vital, and every time you showed up on camera, I mean, you could see you could see that you were losing weight and getting more in shape, and it's awesome. Um, that being said, the reason why we're here tonight is because the USA BMX Freestyle Series first event went down this past weekend in Tucson, Arizona. You were there, and uh, before we get into talking about USA BMX and all of that, you mentioned talking about vital and i know that people are going to ask so can we get the the two minute rundown of what you are able to say about vital so that we have the just so you know and don't have to ask out of the way absolutely it was uh not a negative experience at all um those guys brad and todd who have vital are two of the best dudes i've met in my entire life and i'm incredibly fortunate that when i was 18 19 years old i was getting mentored by those guys and mark losey and learning from them and honestly we went through a lot of ups and downs with those guys. Those guys always did right by me, and in my opinion, did right by everybody that worked under me, did right for the sport. Um, fast forward all these years later, and you know, the mountain bike and the motocross websites really, really, really took off. They were just really crushing it. When BMX was kind of just a one-man team, kind of just me, you know? And mm -hmm. I was kind of getting burned out. You know, I think there was some burnout on their end as well, and it was hard for me to get resources when I needed them. It was hard for me to get the web guy to come help me because he's tied up doing something on the motocross website, you know, and it caused some frustrations on my end and seriously, nothing negative at all, but we were just kind of bouncing ideas one day. And, you know, I was kind of more or less saying I'm, I'm about checked out. And Brad McDonald said, you know, more or less, what do you think about selling it? And I said, you know, Hey, whatever you want to do, um, I back it hundred percent. I'll see you through to the end. You guys have always done right by me. I'll do right by you. And realistically, you know, to be completely honest, it was one of those things where I'm, I don't know if this thing's gonna sell. I don't know anything about selling websites, but I was kind of like selling a BMX website in 2021, I have no idea. And literally like a couple months later, I kind of had an expiration date. I told Brad I was gone at a certain date. Um, Brad said, cool, we'll try to sell it by then. And a buyer came through and, and all that happened. And meanwhile, I kind of uh, had some irons in the fire with uh, USA BMX initially before this even took off. You know, I kind of was doing a little bit over there and really happy with it. We connected on a lot of things. So I kind of had one foot in the door over there, but nothing was formally done. I, I don't think I did anything shady. And if so, I apologize. But uh, <laughs> um, but no, so I was, I was pretty much committed. Uh, buyer came along, wanted the website and kind of just did a smooth transition. I did my best to help out and, uh, and we wrapped it. So speaking for where it sits now, there is a new owner. Um, it is a non-industry person. I don't know what the plan is. Um, I did, you know, I have nothing to do with it, haven't had anything to do with it since October, November, something like that. Uh, I do know that they can only use the Vital BMX name for a limited time. Mm -hmm. So I believe they were supposed to come up with kind of a new URL, which to the best of my knowledge hasn't happened. This could be happening behind the scenes because Vital Motocross and Vital Mountain Bike are still the parent company. They're still under Vital Media Network. So with that being said, you know, they, you type in Vital BMX for the next, I think, three years, it's going to go to the new website. But as far as calling it Vital BMX, that name's going to be dead in a few months here. So I don't know all the details there. Um, and realistically, it's not really my story to tell. It's kind of Brad McDonald's story to tell, but nothing negative on my end. Uh, hell of a run. I had a great time. I think so highly of those guys over there and uh, couldn't say anything, a bad thing about the experience or, or you know, where we are today. So I, if there's any specifics, feel free to ask. But I mean, there's, you know. 
I think that just about covers it. And like I told you earlier, I honestly wasn't even going to bring up Vital at all in this. And then you said it. And I'm like, well, I guess maybe it would be good to do the quick rundown so people just know. Yep. yep. So that being said, you've been working with USA BMX Freestyler, getting that iron in the fire while you were kind of thinking about the transition outward. And now you're fully involved and uh the first contest has gone down so so what exactly are you doing there kind of just hanging out until they kick me out tight one of those tony's not gonna kick you out (laughs) (laughs) um no so you know a while back i kind of you know i tony as a friend you know tony funny story i believe is the first guy that ever wrote me a paycheck to do anything in bmx some when he was at haro and i was like 18 years old so tony and i go way back and I, i love tony and tony's had my back through so many things and, and I really appreciate that. And uh, anyways, when he was on board here and kind of kicking off this series, he asked me to come check it out kind of just as a friend. And I think I missed a couple of them, but finally it might've been the Arizona one last year. I, I popped into one and I was like, man, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And at the same event, I connected with Shane Fernandez, who's the president and Shane's one of those guys. Um, I told him the story, so I hope he doesn't mind I share it publicly. I'm like, this dude's gonna be a problem. He says all the right things, <laughs> out of industry, real, you know, kind of fast talking, happy dude. And I'm like, cool. This is the dude we see come into BMX, tell him he's gonna fix everything. And then two months later, sees he can't make $10 million and he's out, you know? Mm. And Shane, Shane was super cool, but that was, I'm always in the back of my mind because I'm a pessimistic dude. Anyway got to know Shane really well and Shane's not that dude at all. Shane's awesome. Shane's done right by me 100% of the time and I can't say anything but good things about the guy and I'm really excited to work from and learn from the guy. And anyways, the more I got to talk to those guys, we all share a lot of similar ideas. Um, They're interested in growing freestyle. That's something that I'm interested in. Um, This series is one outlet they're doing it through and I'm excited about that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and so as far as what I'm bringing to the table is really just kind of a brain full of ideas is how I feel. You know, everything from how BMX is portrayed both at the events and through USA BMX as a whole. We're gonna be doing some content, you know, um, a lot of things are in the works here. I think you got a little taste of that with this Tucson event where, you know, I brought out Dan Foley, who's my dude. I bring out Dan whenever I can. And Mm -hmm. it's like to have him helping out with this stuff as well. And Dan and I were kind of handling all the content and social media stuff from this first event. Now, I think anybody watching at home, if they were paying attention to the the Instagram um, and all the content that was coming up was significantly better than anything they've done in the past. So oh, really yeah. what I'm kind of trying to do, you know, those guys run a great event. I'm trying to make it look as cool as it is to the outside person yep. and try to kind of be that bridge between what they're doing and core BMX. You know, I'm fortunate to know a lot of people, a lot of brands, a lot of the pro riders are some of my best friends, you know, so I just really want to have that presence there and that support there. And, you know, I want to call Dennis Enter and say, hey, come out to the event and hang out and yeah. he'll do it. I can make that phone call. You know what I mean? So just being able to bring more aspects like that, just kind of grow, grow BMX as a whole and just kind of hopefully give these amateurs a path to the next level. That was kind of a run on answer. Um, it was perfect said, though. Anyways, uh, anyways, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of content driven stuff and realistically it's kind of a small crew. So we all kind of do a lot of things. So giving yeah. my input, my expertise when applicable and uh, so far so good. They're great, great bunch of dudes. And they listened to me and dealt with uh, all my nonsense for this long. So hopefully it keeps going that way. No one's given more nonsense than Tony, <laughs> but I'll be totally honest though. Like I'm really glad that you ended up in the position that you're in instead of me ending up in some position. Cause they asked me to do media and sub road and the social media and stuff. And I just didn't feel like the right person and didn't, it wasn't quite the right thing. So the fact that you came in, you were like the perfect person for what they're trying to like portray and do. 
I, I hope so, man. And I've, uh, you know, at Vital, I was always kind of a one-man team. Mm-hmm. And it's cool being over here because there's actually a support system. There's a group of guys, smart, competent human beings that are working towards making BMX better. You know, and, and they give me, they've given me the tools I feel like I need to succeed. You know, so it's, yeah. it's going to be a long road. But I, I feel like, you know, with, with Shane's support, with Tony's backing, and this crew, is it's a solid crew, man. I feel good about it. And I've worked in a lot of different situations, you know, both in and out of BMX. And I really feel like these guys are, are going all in and really going to make things happen. Yeah, I mean, for, for the sake of what you said about Shane, I'll just give my quick thing about Shane. He hit me up before any of this and when he was getting input from people on the idea of doing this series and and then we did that live stream announcing it and in all of my conversation with Shane leading up into that live stream thing that we did announcing the whole series, I had no idea he was the president of USA BMX. (laughs) I literally had no idea. It was like, I just thought I was talking to some dude that was there and that he was trying to make this thing happen. And then he introduces himself when we do that stream. And I'm like, whoa, like I had no idea. And then every single time that I've been to one of these events since, it's just been the same. Just he's psyched to be there, psyched on BMX and psyched to just try and help in the way that they can. No, Shane's great. And, you know, if I could give one complaint, it's that he gets a little bit too excited. Like, he freaked out when I introduced him to Mark Losey. He's literally a BMX <laughs> fan, which is awesome, you know. But yeah. Shane is this this fun, happy-go-lucky guy at the event. He's putting up banners and taking them down. He's doing all the dirty work. But then when it comes down to talking business, that dude's very, very, very smart. And he's skilled and educated in ways that are rare in the BMX circle, which is why Shane is, in my opinion, from my experience with the guy, an incredible tool for us to reach outside of the standard BMX bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Shane really brings a lot to the table that I'm excited I can deal with all this madness in the BMX world while Shane can go put on a nice shirt and have dinner with billionaires, you know? Yeah, and I mean, in all honesty, too, that's like kind of what I feel like we need to take this kind of thing to the next level, like use what we can and what we're building to grow it even more anyway you know it's it's kind of a bit more talking about myself because that's my favorite subject yeah you know i i felt like for a long time in my life i got a little bit disconnected from the amateur side of bmx just because everything else i was doing i was at pro events i was covering pro riders you kind of it's weird but i almost i would spend more time with daniel dares and logan martin than i would with the kids riding the local park five minutes from my house, Mm -hmm. you know? So I kind of almost lost touch of that side of things. And, you know, I kind of started coming around, you know, and and a conversation Scotty Kramer and I had kind of opened my eyes where Scotty was kind of saying a similar thing. And we're both kind of like, man, there's not a lot of opportunities for up and coming riders. And, you know, I haven't really talked about this publicly and there's not a whole lot to talk about, but Scotty and I basically had an amateur series. We were going to launch. We basically had, I flew to New Jersey. We got, you know, a lot of stuff put together and I was really excited about what we had together. And this is right when it was supposed to start basically the month that March 2020 when COVID existed. Wow. So Scotty and I had this plan and it was a, I think it was a great plan and it involved stops in the US, stops in Australia, stops in the UK. It was going to be something really, I was really excited about it, but you know, the world had other plans, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know, so that happens. And then through COVID, I think we all kind of had to reinvent ourselves. You know, we're kind of stuck at home and you know, it's kind of a, everything just stopped, you know, and you know, the team at USA BMX really managed to kind of launch the series both digitally and then with in-person events during COVID. Yep. While nothing else was happening, you know, and that, that said to me a lot about them. 
where they were, you know, they're all in. They're going to make this happen. You know, they're going to take the necessary precautions, but we need to have events. We need to get everybody together. We need to ride. We need to grow BMX, you know, and through that, a lot of people have already, you know, hopped on board and are following the series and whatnot. And that's exciting to see. But I think there's so much more that can happen. And it, it gets me so fired up when I go to these events and I see the same riders traveling to all of them. There's these expert level riders that are maybe two, three years away from actually competing at the pro levels. And I see them with the fire in their eyes that pro riders have riding World Cups at these events. This is why they're riding hard. This is what they're doing. This is their path. Yeah. That gets me excited, but that also makes me think, hey, three years ago, that same rider didn't have a path. Right, exactly. And you know, and, and, and we're trying to grow this sport. And I think of how many riders have packed up and left because they don't have what they need. Now, the structure isn't for everybody. You know, this structure isn't for all the riders out there. A lot of riders are doing their own thing, and that's awesome. But realistically, a lot of riders want and need this path. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think it's a beautiful thing with the series that they've created, and I'm happy to be a part of it, that a rider can literally come in at, you know, at eight years old and ride his first BMX contest, get judged by UCI judges. The eight-year-olds that rode this past weekend were judged by Van Homan. Yeah. One of Van them's literally there. watching right now. <laughs> Lil Huck. Lil Huck. Oh, yeah. What's up, dude? That dude's awesome. Yeah. But, um, but you know what I mean? And so this rider can literally, in 10 years from now, there's a good chance Van's still going to be judging BMX events. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? This guy could spend his whole career getting judged by these guys. But he could also go through the series, progress. You know, he wins this class. He moves up. He gets older. Progress. Move up. And along the way, you know, something I've leaned on some of the brands that are supporting the series for is I want more of these brands sponsoring riders in the series. Mm -hmm. They've been real receptive of it. But these, these riders can kind of be like, hey, I'm eight years old and I'm doing good. And maybe this company sold me a bike for maybe I got cost, you know, and then fast forward, you know, a little bit older. Maybe I get a free bike. You know, fast forward a little bit, maybe they paid for me to go to the next stop. Yep. Fast forward, I'm turning pro and the brand's turning me pro. That's my path. I just literally went from the eight-year-old kid to a sponsored paid pro rider traveling the world competing on in World Cups and possibly going to the Olympics. And I think that point right there is exactly what USA BMX Freestyle needed because when it first started, Shane had that vision of, I want to have this contest series to give the amateurs a path. And, and it was like, we have ideas of how we could kind of do it through like local groups and things and we can connect the riders to these things but there wasn't that brand connection like what you're talking about right now that you bring to the table that can literally take a eight-year-old rider from where he's at or where she's at which is the even cool part about this too anyone can participate uh, all the way up to the pro level if they stick with it and Obviously, you said it's not for every single rider, but it's good to have this here for who it applies to. You know, and there's it's not for this type of rider, but anybody can go and have a good time. Even mm -hmm. if you're hanging out, if you're riding, but not competitive, you know, Cole Volker, Dave Volker's son, who's an incredible rider, rode our stop in Tucson the other day. And I can't speak for Cole on this, but I watch Cole ride. I don't think he's that competitive. He's just out there killing it, but mm -hmm. I don't think he's there to win. I think he just, it's a thing to do. It's a fun thing to do, you know? And he was, in my eyes, possibly the most impressive rider out there, you know? But I don't think he's, he's not at the foam pit trying to learn flip triple whips. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's different paths, Yeah. you know? And, you know, another thing I'm trying to, this is kind of a funny one, but I don't know if you caught all the coverage, but we're putting cameras in kids' faces and making yep. them talk. Yep. That's huge. If you get comfortable doing that when you're young, you know, learn to be on the camera, learn to show your personality and don't be afraid of these things. And as you get better, as you get older, that's a huge thing. I mean, just think if you turn, if you go and make the Olympics right now, 2024, you're in the Olympics, 
and you're the American, people want to sponsor you and put you on camera and stuff. If you can't talk, you just left more than half your money on the table, straight up. And it's not all about money, but you know, let's be real. You gotta eat. This is a limited window to make, this is a limited <laughs> window to make a living, and it sure would be nice to leave with a house and some money in the bank, you know. And, and learning to talk on camera is a big one of those things. And that's one thing I'd like to, you know, if these writers, in addition to writing well and progressing there, if they can learn to show their personalities and actually speak to a camera and and you know speak clearly, get their ideas across in as few words as possible, which I'm doing a poor job of right now. They, uh, they I think that could be be huge, you know. I absolutely agree. Um, so speaking on this Tucson event. How did it go? It was the first stop. I was psyched. We had a few hurdles. Um, there is a large rock show, rocks and gem show in oh. Tucson oh. that makes hotels very expensive. Oh. So it, it, it sounds silly, but that bummed it's me out crazy. just seeing yeah. the price tag. Like, oh man, like I think a lot of riders were driving back to Phoenix and whatnot. Um, you know, I hate to start with a negative there because that's the only bad thing I can say. Otherwise, you know, we had about 70 riders, you know, all the classes were, were stacked, you know, good riders. People were pumped. This is the first time to stack points for the 2020 season and people care about these points. People have a goal here, you know? And it was exciting because moving into this season, we have a handful of new sponsors as well because it went so well last year. Yep. It's nice to see the brands in the sport actually see that this matters. We have to feed this, this up and coming generation, you know? So, you know, going into the series this year, we have a few back, you know, we have Hyper Snafu and ODI back again dance comp as well but we also free agent as well but we also brought on mongoose we brought on vans we brought on fit we brought on kink so across the board these are cool brands that actually want to support this yep. so this is kind of you know a lot of new life coming into this cool brands we're trying to put cool content incredible riding the guys at the highest level man the expert class is absolutely mind-blowing yep. you know between um jared who won it's just this dude is it's my first time i think it's my first time seeing him ride in person and he's he could be right there as far as riding in these pro events. Oh you yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Like he yeah. was incredibly impressive. Cole Volker blew my mind. Um, the twin, there's twins from Parker, Arizona, uh, the Bruno brothers, they're mm -hmm. doing double flips and three flips. Those legitimate savages, you know, and these are up and coming guys that like, I'm so psyched. There's this, this platform for them to get on, not to mention the, the, the young women, you know, Kier who yep. won, Sage. she's doing five forties onto the box jump. Sage is awesome. Sage's whole family. Sage's dad's out there sending flares. Or He's little amazing. Class. Dude, the whole, you know, uh, watching uh, Connor Stitt and, and Caden Cernius battle it out. Like, those two kids are 11 and doing, you know, Connor's doing flip-ups on the spine and Caden's doing three flips on the box. Yep. Like, the future's bright, man. So the event was awesome and just, you know, really fires me up to see the pathway and to see what's to come. You know, there were five events last year. We got eight this year, a couple new spots. You know, just really kind of putting fuel on that fire and just excited to see this hit the next level. Yeah, uh, and not to mention the fact that this is something that people are going to be able to follow moving forward in a way that Chase and Tyler Bruno and uh, I don't believe, I don't remember if Caden was there the first time, but Chase and Tyler Bruno were at the very first one that they had in Woodward East in 2020 after yep. they did just the digital events and to watch That's those awesome. guys progress and then to see i can't remember if it was chase or tyler who won the last stop at woodward west last year and when he did that double flip over the box for the first time to see it go from their finishing middle of the pack to him winning it in the next year is just it's awesome and something that we completely did not have before that no for sure and, and for those dudes in particular um 
you know, not to make it a, a sad story, but they just lost their father, I believe, last week. So they, they showed up with some fire. You know, they want to ride for their dad, and they both absolutely tear it up. And I know for a fact that they've been riding Daniel Sandoval's new setup a little bit. So those guys, with that mentality, those dudes send it. But when they have something like Sandoval set up to ride on occasion, like those dudes are going to hit a very high level very quickly. Right. So so I did notice that there were some things that were new for this stop. And I'm assuming this year in that they had the Mongoose. I think it was Mongoose who did the most creative rider of the day thing. And then Hyper had some other stuff as well where people just got money that they won. Even if they might not have won the contest, they they earned a prize. Yeah. So basically those two... Uh... There's a Mongoose Creative Rider of the Day Award. There is a Hyper Rider of the Day Award. And there's a Snafu Trick of the Day Award. Now, these are all exclusive to the brands themselves. We work closely with the brands and try to figure out something that embodies what they're into. Mm -hmm. The Mongoose Award kind of stemmed from thinking about Kevin Peraza. We think of all the events that Kevin Peraza rides, that Kevin Peraza might get sixth place, but he was the most entertaining guy to watch because yep. of his weird creative lines and whatnot. So that award's kind of based on Kevin Peraza and, in turn the winner gets Kevin Peraza's new signature frame. Cool thing about that is that's not even coming out for a few more months. So Steve, who won the Peraza frame there, is the only person in the United in the world to have that frame other than Kevin Peraza. Wow. So so that's kind of cool. And then on the, uh, the, 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 excuse me, the hyper end, the uh, hyper rider of the day is kind of just recognizing a rider that they were psyched on. You know, it has nothing to do with if you rode the best. It's kind of like, did you battle a trick? Did you just, you know, do one? Did you crash your whole run, but you just sent it? You just really made that good impression, you know, and kind of recognizing that guy. And for Snafu Trick of the Day, it's a similar deal with a trick. You know, you might not have had the best run. You might not have won the contest, but did you do that trick that really stood out? And it's not about being the best of the day. This could be a an eight-year-old doing his first backflip. You know, that could be the trick of the day. So kind of up to those brands. We have the Hyper guys, Hyper and Snafu guys picking their award. We have... Uh, mongoose guys picking their award so that's out of our hands but we're psyched to have them i think that's even cooler that it's in those guys hands because then it's it's a totally separate thing that people could have a chance at winning and being a part of and i think it was something that adds to this that wasn't previously there in the previous years because i know that there was a couple people who i had heard from who were kind of like they weren't in that i want the points i want the the prestige and i want to win through this series they were kind of bummed that like they spent all this money to travel and do this thing and then all they got from it was a plaque in the experience so it was like well if there's a chance that you could win something from a bunch of the different companies involved that's even cooler well you know first and foremost those guys need to clean up their attitudes have more fun <laughs> <laughs> um this, this goes back to when I was talking about Scotty Kramer and I building a contest series. Scotty and I's goal going into it was there's going to be a winner, but it's not about winning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We had a bunch of random awards and whatnot, and it was kind of more about just like you can have a successful trip to this event and not be anywhere near the podium. Yep. You know, And that's one of the things that's kind of coming to it with, with these awards. I'm excited to hear that you're psyched about them. You know, I'm hoping this breathes some fire into it, and I'd love to have some of these other brands, you know, step up and, and want to do something similar. You know, the more of these, the better. It's just, you know, a matter of if, you know, if they're going to throw down and make it happen, we'll make it happen. Right. And, well, I think part of it, too, and what I explained to the, the one person I talked to about this is that the first one, because it was about the very first one that was the finals at Woodward East in 2020 yep, yep. at the end of the digital series, like, 
I, I kind of explain like, well, this is kind of a proof of concept because this is the first time they ever did it. So they needed this one and even last year's at that to take to these brands and be like, look, we're doing this thing. It's pretty successful. People are excited about it. And I think it would be worth it for you to get involved now. No, I completely agree. And it was awesome. Um, uh, you know, Lee Ramsdale from Mongoose was out. Lee plans to go to all these events. He's yep. planning on bringing some riders from Mongoose. Uh, Shane Goldsmith from... What's that? I said Moeller was there. Moeller was there, and, and I, I saw him from a distance and didn't get to say hi, so I hope he doesn't uh, destroy me on a podcast or something. <laughs> but, uh, Shame. but I was psyched he was there. He, he supports, you know, he supports Caden, and he supports yep. um, uh, Sage Thunstorm as well, I believe. Like, he, he's out there backing these young riders. And, you know, Fit and S&M's always done an awesome job of, you know, having their ear to the ground with the younger riders. So it's cool to have Fit on as a sponsor as well. Right. So having Fit supporting it and having Moeller show up, I, you know, something good has happened. I'm, I'm psyched on that. But as a whole... You know, uh, Shane Goldsmith's planning on coming to most of these and bringing a couple of the hyper guys. Lee's going to be out there with the Mongoose guys. Hopefully we'll get Sandoval and some of the free agent guys. But, you know, people are going to be around watching these riders and, you know, finding ways, to, you know, to push them with their brands, you know, yeah. which is what we want, whether it's through awards, relationships, just being there to give support to somebody on the deck. Just, you know, having these people care and show up. It's huge. Right. Absolutely. I mean, when I saw that Mueller was there and then he made a post about it today, I commented on there like, are you going to be at any of the, the ones further out this way? Because it's like, I think it's amazing to see that. And then to say you brought up bringing out free agent riders and like Daniel Sandoval and hyper riders and these things. That is all the more reason that these will become more than just a contest event series they're going to be like a destination for people to go to who just love bmx you know it, it, that's that's what i'm hoping for you know and it's it's always I, I look back at all the events i went to when i was younger and there's some blurs from the event themselves but then there's the the nights just sitting around the hotel hanging out you know what i mean and, mm -hmm. and, and the the road trips you know a lot of sleeping on floors a lot of sleeping on couches like those memories like will last forever those yeah. I, I don't remember who won the contest but i remember this crazy thing that happened on the way you know and just anything that can kind of fuel you know what i thought it was really cool when van homan and brian kaczynski did the uncovered series a few years yep. ago van gave out some creative awards and i remember one award they did was uh, a gas money award for whoever drove the furthest to get there <laughs> nice. things like that are so cool you know and I, I think that what we're building here can hopefully you know install some of those memories in this next generation you know, kind of, here's a purpose. Come hang out. Even if you don't ride the event, come hang out. There's all the cities we're going to have cool parks around there. These aren't one-off places, you know, like short of the Woodward parks is kind of in the middle of nowhere, but everywhere else, right. like come have a good time, you know, just come hang out. Like it's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah, man. And to, to talk to you about this now and hearing where things are at now and to talk to Shane when I was out at Woodward West for the last one and then to talk to him before it started and to just to see the progression of things. I kind of talked to Shane about this when we were at West at the finals that like they kind of were at the point that they originally wanted to be at last year. So now it's just everything that comes past is bonus and it's even better and they can continue to build it even more. No, for sure. You know, and I think another cool addition that we haven't touched on is the fact that a couple of these also feature pro events, feature yep. UCI sanctioned C1 events. A, that's cool because C1 events are cool and pro events are cool. But B, I love that the younger riders they're competing get to see that firsthand. Mm -hmm. You kind of get to see where you stand. A, you get to interact with all the pro riders, which is always fun and exciting. But B, you get to really see straight up, like, can I hang with these dudes? Yep. You know? So I think, you know, that's a cool addition that 
even without that, I think this thing's a huge success and trending in the right direction. But with that, I think it's kind of a, you know, one-stop thing, not to mention there's so few pro events and a lot of these countries around the world that are having them we can't go to right now. So, yep. Yeah, and, and you have people like Joe Nix, who was at the finals last year, competed in the amateur finals, and then stepped up after it was over to compete in the C1, and now you see somebody who's made the jump from the amateur series to the professional side. There's a, a, a young man who kills it named Colin Ackerman, who won yep. our uh, one of our younger series, one of your younger series overall last year, and he yep. bumped up to expert this year, and he competed in Tucson, and he didn't make the podium, but he could hang, you know what I mean? And, and I think right then and there, that's just fire you know mm -hmm. keeps you hungry yeah man and and i mean it's kind of similar it's a similar lines to the free flow series and and things like do tour back in the day when anyone could go and try and qualify for it and end up on the big stage with the pros eventually obviously it's not as quick as do tour when you go from being like the random guy who shows up to qualifying for the big event but but still it i think it gives people something to try and push forward with like like how metro jam and all the dirty east contests of the past obviously you can't fully compare these things because they're not the same at all but they're kind of similar in their their essence yeah and that's you know back to the the scotty kramer series that he and i were working on that was kind of one of our our big talking points was you know, you looked at before before our time, and there were um, you know AFA contests, and then there were CFB contests. Mm -hmm. CFB was initially an X Games qualifier. You know what I mean? Like those went away, and then you know there was uh, free flow series with Dutour. You know the 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 Monster Army Recon Tour. Yep. Like a lot of riders came up through these. Yeah. You know, and after the Recon Tour, um, you know Van did uncovered, and it was a bit more of a core series and whatnot. But like past few years there just really hasn't been anything consistent for amateurs occasionally something pops up but as far as any sort of consistency kind of hasn't been much so it's cool that there's just you know something we just need stuff happening man and if this isn't your thing go throw a jam we'll come yep. you know like yeah. lean on us for support we'll make it happen like this is like we just need cool stuff happening as much as we can and that's just going to strengthen all of us i agree wholeheartedly and and when free flow tour gets brought up one of my buddies who happened to win the stop at the flow in the columbus and i remember him talking about how the people he was riding against in that were like people who are pros now so this is a perfect yep. example like the kids who are riding in this now are the pros of the future well i looked at a free flow because that was kind of my era you know and a couple names that came out of that mike spinner dennis anderson kevin corrali nick bruce like these guys that came out of this are like the dudes right now yep. you know so i think that like I, I guarantee people can say the exact same thing about the CFB contest, you know, and I look at the recon tours and a handful of riders came up through those and it's just, there are legitimately, the proof is in the pudding. When these exist, they produce results. We yep. just kind of need to keep it moving, you know, and, and I'm really excited to see that next generation. And I'm excited to see this in 10 years when that eight year old kid is 18. Yep. I, you know, I'm excited for it too. So, so that being said, what do we have to look forward to with the future this year for this? Well, we have seven more events, and I'm literally going to read them off my phone so I don't do a bad job at uh, forgetting them. So I could pull next stop is Woodward West. Yeah, there you go. That'll, that'll be better for everybody. You can read them, too. Next stop. Because... All right. We got Woodward West. Then we have Dodson Sports Park, which is that really awesome outdoor park in Texas, that Morgan, Wade, Morgan Wade's local park. That's going to be a pro event also, which is super cool. I'm excited to get out there. I haven't been to that park, and it looks amazing. So Dodson in Longview, Texas. Then we're at Woodward East. Then we're at Cary, North Carolina. 
Then we're at Newburgh, Oregon. Now, Newburgh is an exciting one because this is a concrete park. And it's kind of a steezy, flowy concrete park to where we might see some different faces out there and might see a different podium. You know, be interesting to see who can throw down at this epic concrete park. That's outside of Portland, about 30 minutes. I've been to that park a handful of times. It's an awesome place. So I'm excited for that. After that, we are at Four Seasons in uh, Milwaukee, which is a new one for the series. I've been to Four Seasons a handful of times. Awesome park, awesome city. Awesome to get the Midwest love in there. There's always a ton of shredders out in that part of the world. And uh, excited to see who comes out of that. And then wrapping up at Woodward East for a second time. Yep. And I, I had everything on the screen there. So, I mean, if anybody's interested in this whatsoever, the details are on the website, usabmxf and usabmxfreestyle.com will take you there. I'm excited to make it out to a few of these events as well. I think I'm going to go to four of them. I talked to Tony the nice. other day. Yeah. Nice. Um, it's just awesome what they're doing. And to see it grow from the way that it has, it's, it's amazing. And Shane has also not discounted like including other types of like riding too he's you know i i think that's kind of what we want you know and that's there was a some points of contention and some debates as to whether or not we do an event in a concrete park and you know our thought process was let's do it you know like worst case scenario you know if you're the best wood rider in the world then you struggle at concrete your overall average should, should still hurt, you know, carry you through. Mm-hmm. But let's be realistic. There's nothing cooler than riding everything. You know, I, so. I agree fully. So uh, what's Tony's last name? I know him. It's just D. How do you say it? I think he might be. Yeah, he's in the chat. I just got a comment saying Tony is the most, Kyle is the most handsome man ever from a Tony Degolato. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Does he mean me or? Baldock, Kyle Baldock. Maybe he just means all Kyles. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> I love what it. else we got? Any anything exciting in there? Are people mad? No, people aren't mad at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim Ferguson, who's on the Quickie Mart Freestyle team, Tim's was awesome. in there. Tim's awesome. Um, where there was a really good one at the beginning. Uh, Noel McBride of the Scenes Not Dead. If you've seen any of those, nice. uh, yeah, he yeah, said yeah. Yep. he said Kyle, did you pull the rollback though? <laughs> no comment but there might be a new podcast coming soon so uh wait wait and see we got some stuff in the works that's awesome yeah i'm I'm super excited for what you're uh what you're bringing to the table um huck's dad said as a parent who knew nothing about bmx this series and structure has helped me tremendously with huck it's always a fun event and really well run makes it so much easier for me and the consistency make huck makes huck feel comfortable also that's awesome. No, and, and I think this may have been my first time seeing Huck ride. No, I saw Huck ride at Woodward East last year. But just seeing, you know, seeing him ride and enjoy it and progress and also seeing his family support him, like, that's awesome, man. Shout out to all the BMX parents out there. That's one thing that kind of comes from these events that's made me really excited is kind of seeing the family aspect of BMX. Yep. And, you know, none of these parents are coach dads. None of them are yelling and being, you know, crazy on them, you know? Even, like you look at a kid like Caden and a kid like Connor Stitt and the way they ride, you're like, that kid's probably getting some serious pressure. The dads are awesome. You know, their moms are awesome. Like it's, it's pretty cool to really just see that. Like, you know, I think freestyle breeds, uh, a different sort of, uh, different sort of vibe and a lot, a lot of positivity. Yeah. I, when I met Connor's dad and mom, they're both the coolest people. Like I, you never would, cause they're so chill. You never would guess that they are the parents of this insane, <laughs> 
kid on a bike. 11-year-old savage. Literally. And, like, Huck's family is amazing, too. Um, And with last year at the finals, just seeing the way that Sage's parents interacted with her before her run made me want to talk to them. Then seeing her dad ride was like, whoa, I have to talk to them now. It's an interesting... uh interesting dynamic you know just seeing that those kids upbringing imagine having a father sending flares you know what i mean it's who so started cool. riding like, three years ago it's amazing it's amazing the dude's awesome too good vibes like psyched to be out there like you know people like that are like you know it, it bums me out I, I don't regret anything but it bums me out that i've missed some of this for so long you don't get this at the pro events you yeah. know what i mean like you know, not a lot of parents. Everybody's kind of on their own. And it's, it's awesome, but it's something different, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so so look forward thinking here. How do you think this is going to impact BMX in a five-year range? You know, I think it's going to just really give a more clear pathway to the top. I think it's going to keep more people on bikes because they kind of have something to do, you mm-hmm. know? People that want to compete, now they have a spot to compete. And if you want to get even deeper... Um, I'd love to see the series continue growing. We went from five events to eight events. I'd love to do more. We're touching most of the country. And, you know, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but once the world opens up a little bit more, I'd love to do a couple overseas. You know, there there, there are amateur riders everywhere looking for a path to the top. And it's so hard to find. You know, I think of just go on Instagram and watch clips of the young riders in the UK. The young riders in Australia, you know what I mean? Japan. And if Japan, if we're not able to do it overseas, I'd love to see somebody picking up the slack over there and doing something similar. Yep. You know, let's let's make this happen. I don't know if it's the the cycling bodies trying to gear up the next generation for the Olympics, or it's just people that want to have some fun. But I'd love to see this worldwide, and I'd love to see all the amateurs around the world have the opportunity that we're creating for for riders in the United States. I yeah, absolutely, and and so. Do you think something like this could work on a street side of things? Because I know that the people, that most of the people that you hear who don't have positive thoughts about this kind of thing are usually street core riders. You know, it's hard to say because I think they're street core riders, but I think they're a bit more um, anti-organization. Yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I just don't think they flourish in, in an environment where you have a run. Which you is have totally 60 fine. seconds. No, totally. You know, amongst street riders, there's kind of two different schools of street riding. You know, a handful of riders transcend both, but there's the dudes that will go film an amazing video part, but when you throw them into the X Games, even in the street competition, it's not their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the last X Games I went to, I think Nathan Williams got last or second to last. Nathan Williams is probably the best street rider in the world. You know, He's straight up. He's up there, that's you know? for sure, yeah. You know, as far as like filming video parts go and whatnot, it's not for everybody. So, you know, I don't think is it possible it could work in street yes but i don't know if it would ever really be street if you will i think yeah so much of that is just about being on your own doing your own thing and and, and lacking that organization now i think without getting too far ahead of myself here there could be other ways to flourish that whether that be digital competitions with more with larger backing or even you know jams if we could somehow do jams in cities that are kind of judged throughout the day you know the, the sky's the limit with what we're doing here you know mm-hmm. we need to you know, stay in our lane and, and build as we go. But, you know, we've had these conversations and, you know, street events aren't impossible. Dirt events aren't impossible. We've had all these conversations, but we have the manpower and the resources, like the stuff can happen. 
Yep, and that's the awesome thing about Shane Fernandez and Tony D is that they are open to that fully, and if it makes sense, they are down to try it. You know, USA BMX as a whole, um, I had a conversation at the Tucson event with B.A. Anderson, whose family started USA BMX, obviously mm-hmm. on the race side of things, and just seeing B.A. be psyched about it, and B.A.'s backed this thing from day zero. You know what I mean? Wow. B.A. wants to do this in freestyle. He wants to do it. He's tried, you know, multiple times before and he's literally put his money where his mouth is and made it happen you know a lot of bmx riders have great ideas but very few want to put their money where their mouth is and usa bmx is doing it you know these events aren't cheap flying guys across the country you know building the infrastructure this is not cheap you know and these guys are making it happen and you know love it or hate it if you hate it i hope you respond by making something happen different yep rather than just complaining so Yep, and that was the alternative viewpoint I was going to give, is that the existence of this could spawn something else for the other segments of BMX if it doesn't end up happening through USA BMX Freestyle. Which which would be awesome. That's certainly nothing that we would, like, frown upon. Absolutely would be like, hell yes, not. we got this over here, you guys got your thing over here, like, and there'd probably be ways we could work together, you know? Like we have, we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of manpower. We have a lot of smart people. Like there's probably ways we could work together. Yeah, man. I, I fully agree with that. Um, I did remember another question that was in the chat. It's a really good one. So my buddy, Austin Lemley from West Virginia asks, what are the chances of USA BMX bringing back the KOD at select nationals? I can't speak on that fully because it's not my wheelhouse. Anything taking places at races, but I will say that I went to Grands last year. I've never been to Grands before. And we're talking about incorporating freestyle in some way in Grands. So that's nothing official yet. I don't know if it's going to be that. I don't know if it's going to be something else. But I would love to have a World Cup event at the Grands. You know, because there's mm-hmm. it's such a BMX hub as it is. I don't know if that, that probably can't happen 2022. Maybe it can happen 2023. But I think at the Grands next year, I can't promise it. But I feel like there's, we're going to have a freestyle presence at the Grands that i mean just the fact that it's even on the radar like it just goes to show everything that we've been saying about this whole entire organization it's it's not smoke and mirrors it's not people blowing smoke up anybody's butt it's it's real stuff and the people behind it are truly passionate about bmx that's why i'm like that's why i'm involved literally yep 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 no i i think that uh especially the older i get man like i have a Dan Foley asked me the other day, he's like, how do you not get burned out on BMX stuff? And I had to think about it. And my response was, I, I, you know, being sincere, like, I don't do anything I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a couple irons in the fire outside of BMX and kind of, you know, straight up, like, I don't need to be here to make a living. Like, this is because I want to be here, you yeah. know? And these guys match that energy, give me something I want to be a part of. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that gets me excited, you know? And, and as long as we can keep this being something that, you know, mirrors that energy and everybody's here because they want to be here, like, it's just going to be, it's going to grow and and get better and better. Yeah, man. I'm so excited for it. I mean, that's literally like what, that's like Tony's justification for me even going to these things. Like, you wanted to be there for the previous ones. Let's keep that vibe. Like, that's it. And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully a lot of people come and check them out this year that haven't yet. Industry people, pro riders, even just local riders, whatever. We got something for everybody. Um, I was talking to uh, my buddy Ryan Mills earlier. Ryan lives down the street from me. And I was telling Ryan, like, dude, you got to come to the next one and just ride in the old guy class. Ryan's 38 and still kills it. You know, I'm like, come ride this thing. I know you're not really like 
retired or anything, but come do this, you know? Come be the gambler that we know you are. Yeah, I I think that's a good... Wait, who'd you say Ryan what? Ryan Mills. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> somebody in the chat just said something that his name was Ryan. Uh, yeah, Ryan Mills. But I think... The above, Ryan in the chat should come also. Ryan Murphy. He says, Team Goody manager. He said, Chase Bruno modeled for that Dixon flannel homie is wearing. <laughs> <laughs> We're both great looking guys. Uh, what I was going to say, though, was uh, the point that I would love to get across here even further is that anyone can come to these even if you're not riding. You can find a good time, man. Like, it, 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 you know, everybody's welcome. Come hang out, you know. Just hang out, man. It's a bunch of riders, a bunch of people having fun. Pop in, you know. It's a good time. Hey, what's up? It's a really you're, good you're time. Gonna, you're going to enjoy it, you know, and I get inspired to in the next generation, and I get it. Like, if you're not competing, maybe you're not going to hang out all day. Pop in for an hour or two and then go ride the local park, you know? Yep. Yeah, there's... It, through, through being around BMX events for a long time, you find out... When an event goes on like that, there's a whole lot of riding with a whole lot of awesome people that happens when the contest isn't happening, whether it's over or before it starts, whatever. Yeah, no, kind of funny. I was looking through old photos of my phone um, the other day. Like, when you press the top of it and it goes to the very end. Mm -hmm. And, like, some of my first ones are out with Dennis and Garrett filming some clips for the Nike video. And it was because we were at Dutor in Salt Lake. and We pedaled our bikes up a big hill. And Garrett three to really big set. I don't know. It's like his second to last clip in the Nike video was like literally finals happened. Then we pedaled up this hill and did that. Like all this stuff happens because people were there for a reason. Then if you love BMX, you're not going to just limit yourself. You're going to ride the whole time. You yep. know? Yep. All those stories about people being at contests and then going and riding until midnight or whatever outside yep. of the contest. Yep. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's an excuse to get together. One more thing um, before I lose you here. Uh, I haven't mentioned this yet. We were going to do it in Tucson, but it didn't work out for a couple of reasons. But at a few of these events, Lee Ramsdale said he's flying out a couple of days early and bringing a couple of mongoose riders and doing like a jam somewhere local. So a few of these are going to have like, you know, come out a day early, ride with Kevin Peraza and Pat Casey, you know, and then we're all going to go to the contest and hang out and those guys will be around. But we're going to have, actually have a jam somewhere else with mongoose thrown down for it. So awesome. another, another cool addition. So Awesome. Uh, I think I think real quick, too, I'd like to just let people know about the old guy class because somebody said old guy stuff sounds awesome uh what what is it is it 40 plus so there's actually two now and i don't want to say this incorrectly this is more of a uh tony d question sorry um but tony d is not you know not very willing to give answers it's kind of he's a weird guy um so right <laughs> now we have uh 15 through 30 and we have uh, a 40 plus that's not right at all uh i don't remember what it is but I, I, I can I can find that information it's on the Instagram, and, uh, right? share it later. I thought it was, but then what I found didn't make sense. Tony, if you're still in the comments, can you tell Brant what's up? It's okay. I'll I'm gonna do another one of these two. Uh after so another I one. believe I believe it was a thirty plus class last year, but this year we're breaking it up to where there's a, a thirty plus class and a master's class. So there are two different classes for people over thirty now. Which is why I'm confused. Oh, I see here. Uh, there was one missing in the thing you were looking at. 31 through 39 men. There you go. And, and there's, there's also masters. Yes. So uh, <laughs> um, there's that for because a lot of the people who watch my stuff are older. And just to give a perfect example, one of the riders dad or grandpa, the guy with the big mustache who rode at the finals last year, jw snyder that guy was amazing and 
if he can do it, then there's anybody in this chat or watches this can do it that is old enough, obviously. It's all for good fun. You know, there's riders of all level there. You don't have to kill it. Just like, it's cool to take part. Yep. So that being said, uh, is there anything else that we need to go over here? No, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking me to come on here and, and talk about this stuff. And thanks to everybody that came out to the last one. I hope to see a lot more people at the next few and, uh, hit us with some feedback. If you have that, I'm always psyched to hear it. Just make it realistic feedback. Don't call and say, I need to give you a million dollars because I'm not going to, you know, let's, uh, yeah. but let's, let's keep it fun, man. I'm psyched. I, I like the way BMX is heading in this direction. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can keep up this, uh, this movement because I'm, I'm psyched and I think it's doing a lot of really good things. Absolutely. And I appreciate you being willing to come on here, especially being that I hit you up literally like three hours before we're doing this and you're like, Hey, we'll do it tonight. And to be fair, I'm about to go meet my buddy at the bar. So, uh, that was my, uh, my, my out. So, well, there you go. Uh, thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it. And, uh, I'll see you soon. Excited. Hey, thank you, Brent. And thank you for everything else you do, man. I know it's, uh, takes a lot of, uh, self-motivation to put all this together and it's kind of a, uh, it's a lot of work and, and I appreciate what you do. And I know a lot of the riders out there do as well. So keep it up and we definitely appreciate you. Thank you. BMX is literally just my entire life. Well, don't, I, I won't tell your girlfriend this. Oh, she knows. <laughs> She's been around <laughs> for 10 years.